Hey, I'm MJ Taller, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. Hey, everybody, what's up? It's your boy, MJ. Welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest today is proprietor of Sonoma's Winery 16600, Sam Katuri. Sam is a fourth-generation-born San Franciscan, but he was raised in the famed Moon Mountain District of Sonoma. Uh, he studied journalism and political science at the University of Nevada, Reno, and upon graduation, he worked on statewide elections and marketing and public affairs. He returned to California in 2010 to enter the burgeoning cannabis industry and in 2011, he joined the family business to build the 16600 brand. Uh, Sam is a co-host of the wildly popular Winemakers podcast, and he is the son of the godfather of organic mountain viticulture, Phil Katori. Welcome, Sam. Thanks for having me, man. I'm so happy to be here. Fin- making, it, making it happen. I know. Listen, <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I'll just give people a little background. We hooked up during the pandemic, the heavy, I mean, the pandemic's not over. Um, it'll Crazy never, part of the pandemic could yeah, be over. It'll, it'll never be over. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it'll never be over. Unfortunately, we blew that window of opportunity. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know, um, we're back doing things. And uh, But when it was, when, when people were really, when it was just that chaos, um, through Instagram. Yeah. And, and it was just like, you guys saw the bottles I had and you kind of dug my reviews and and you, I guess you heard I was on a live with someone else that I was starting a podcast. And, and you guys who are established, um, it was like, it was like the first, it's like the second, or first, it was like the really first wine podcast I was on. Right on. So right. thanks for that, man. That was awesome. Yeah. I mean, you were drinking the wine that either we were drinking or wanted to be drinking. Yeah. And for Bart and I, I know we, we wanted to know what songs you were going to put with our wines. I mean, <laughs> that was like, that was, you know, we didn't have, we didn't have a lot in those early days. Yeah. <laughs> COVID were like. I want to see what MJ's going to yeah, throw yeah. down with one, one, one of my bottles ends up on his Instagram <laughs> account. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted to know. Well, man, that's awesome. <laughs> um, uh, so let's start at the beginning. Um, you know, you were born in San Francisco. Yeah. But what was it like growing up on a mountain? Uh, you know, it was it was a pretty, like, free experience. Um, oh, wait, you know what? I'm what totally, I totally screwed up, man. What did we do wrong? It's, no, it's all good. Um Tell us about the wine we're drinking. Oh damn! Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't been, guys. I haven't been in the studio in a minute, man. Right. And, and, and I got, the, I was, I have my little notes in front of me. And I just like got so excited talking we're, to Sam. We're, we're shaking off the rust, I, you know. Like this, this is way more structure than any <laughs> podcast that we've ever done. Uh, you know, at, at the wine in, in Sonoma, this is like you got notes, you got a computer. There's, there's things that you've planned and written you know i'm we're, i'm 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 messing up your flow because no, we're just you, like coming in you are not we started up my at the flow. beginning of the conversation which we never do in the winemaker <laughs> <laughs> like, tell us about this thing that happened five minutes ago oh who are we who, oh this person is uh the wine that we have today uh you know i i thought a lot about what wine i was going to bring here and you know I, I listen to your show all the time and there's some some baller bottles that came on, and I was like, "Hey, well, if I'm JJ Reddick, what bottle do I just like looking for Burgundy all week?" To, to, and I was like, "No, nah, you know what? 
if if there's one thing that I want to talk about in mm. like a serious way, it's um, it's Philippe Combe and, yep. and and then protege Isabel Gassier and and the work that Philippe did and Isabel continues to do to sort of uh, help us elevate our Grenache game in in California and and um, you know connecting the two worlds of the wine and and um, you know bridging that bridging the the continents and um, you know, moving this all forward, uh, and you know, Combi was such a wonderful man, um, and just want to like carry that that legacy on and pay homage to him every everywhere I can. So, I, you know, I brought the audio tat, um, you know, and so we could so we could have that conversation a little bit. Yeah, and, um, absolutely. Uh, you know, and also, uh, it's pretty good to drink. Yeah, and you know, it, I, tastes, it tastes pretty you good. You know, we I fucking love ganache. You know that. So <laughs> it was, yeah, you know, yeah. I was swinging in the wheelhouse. Yeah, know? I mean, you know. Um, you know, Burgundy's always good, but like you know, this is this is already tasting out the gate, just well, delicious. And, and you showed me all those white those white Burgundies that you were drinking on Monday or in, in New Jersey or something, and I was, oh man, I can't do anything. Uh, what I yeah. Oh yeah, no, so, I had well, actually, I had, I had one white Burgundy, but I had um, Valentine Lefleur. I had the Champagnes from which are really uh, good. Yeah. Uh, he's running the domain now, but uh, yeah, we did have a uh, at a Merceau, single vineyard Merceau, and then we had a Volnay red Burgundy. So it was a good. It's been a good week. <laughs> I, I tell me I have good weeks. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, more of them are good than aren't, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so, um, and um, we'll definitely have to unpack Auditet for everybody. Yeah, totally. Okay, so yeah, you're growing up on a mountain, man, in Sonoma, man. You know, it, it was um, great. It was great. It was, we, you know, had a, by the time I was a you know teenager, we had an ATV, and we would go to, like, Robert Kamen's vineyard. Robert liked to tell everybody that, you know, the first, 15 years of my life, I thought I owned his ranch. I mean, I always knew it was his, but, I, you know, we knew it better than he did. He was he was never there. He was in New York. Uh, you know, there was enough kids up there when I was growing up. There's basically no kids up there now. Yeah. Uh, but there was enough kids up there that, you know, we could get together and have, like, a five-man baseball game and a, and a horse rink, you know, that kind <laughs> of stuff. Um, I'd ride my bike down the hill and go to school and go to do – and then um, – Get the the police station was right at the bottom of, of Norbaum Road where we live, and uh, so now you know how to get to my parents' house if you figure out what the address means, uh, <laughs> what the wine name, the, the winery name is. Um, and there was a payphone there, and I would. What's a payphone? What's a payphone? For, 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 for our younger listeners, here's here's how to here's how to date it. I would um, dial one eight hundred collect. Oh my god! I would do the. Then there was like a commercial about. I know. It. I, I would dial one eight hundred collect. And they'd say, you know, do you want to accept the call from Sam? I'd be, they'd say no. I'd hang up, and they'd come down. They know me. to come get you. <laughs> come get me at the bottom like of the hill. So old school drug dealer moves. To <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> no uh, beeper, just call the number. Nope. Nope. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Click. Five What's minutes Sam? later, dirty, dirty truck comes rumbling down the hill. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. Uh, like you, like you talked about, was a lot of kids. I. I I recently saw this video from a comedian. He was talking about, and this was me, um, Bill Bellamy, who's from New Jersey. But like, he's like, when 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 I was a kid, like, we would we would just race, like for no reason, like right. like 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 oh, so and so is the fastest, or my cousin is the fastest, or like and don't race him. And we literally just we would just just let's race Run. and and put a stand up stand up on the street, buy a telephone pole, and just start running. Right, you know. Totally. And, and, it, and like it was just and just like hide and go seek and then like I'm sure ATVs you guys are getting into trouble. Right, we were getting into trouble. Yeah, I mean, there was trouble to get into. But yeah. there was also like, I mean, you know, they call it the Moon Mountain District. Yep. And and w- one of the reasons is you get out there and you're on this like sort of moonscape. There's like crazy rocks, rock formations, and there's not a lot. You know, it's like too much rock for 
trees to grow. I was too much rock to plant grapes. You know, there used to be some cows out there, but it wasn't really like, you know, it was before grass fed was a thing. It wasn't, yeah. I didn't have any value, right? It was just a big pile of rock. I, it was, it was like the greatest playground on earth, covered in moss. So, you know, you could, you could mess yourself up, but you didn't fuck yourself up that bad, you know? Uh, it was, it was, and you know, it was like the be home by dark kind of, you know, childhood. I've, my parents have never had a house key. I've never had a key to the house. They've never had a key to the house. House has never been locked. If the house was locked, we'd have to break a window to get in. It was it's like, uh, that's, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. It used to be crazy hippies. That, so that's funny. You're reading my notes. So, okay, okay. No, it's perfect. I, 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 so your parents, I would say, for lack of a better word, right. are hippies. I was like, what was it being raised, being raised in that right. environment, man? Oh, I, um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my name was Sam. So I had friends who had fucking hippie names. No, it was, um, I mean, I don't know if I knew any different, but, you know, we would go to, we had, we're like in the Grateful Dead world, and so we would go to dead shows, and, um, you know, I, I never necessarily, okay, we'd go to dead shows, and we'd walk through the parking lot to, like, the backstage, and I would go, oh, those are hippies out there in the parking lot who were, like, living in van selling the, 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 burritos and grilled cheese sandwiches and the whole deal and then um it was deadheads who were backstage so i didn't necessarily think my parents were were hippies <laughs> when i was a kid i just thought they were dead yeah that's so right. funny <laughs> that was that was like perceptions everything totally no those are hippies those are hippies these are deadheads, deadheads. <laughs> um so that's who i was really raised by you know the the world that i grew up in uh, really like you know my best friend was his parents were the organic and you know, his father was the organic vegetable farmer for Chez Panisse. Um, you know, we grew up in, it was all sort of like the n next stage of hippie that were, you know, entrepreneur, you know, it's kind of like hippiepreneurs, right? They yep. had their businesses that were built out of the, you know, the ideals of, you know, and the organic farming and the sort of like back to the land thing, you know, cooking really wholesome food, you know, or you know, like, We'd go to the grocery store a little bit, but most of it was grown or trade. You know, we'd those cows that we were raising out there for the farmer. He'd give us a half a side every year for you know letting them run the cows out there. That kind of that like, mm. um, so it, it was the next hippies. It wasn't like, um, you know, burning incense. I mean, we wore tie dye t shirts, and but it was it still sort do. of like you know still do. Uh, it was it was um, it was like the outdoor farming hippie um, that is now. Like this thing that people, you know, want to do with their lives, which was a crazy thing, you know, to mm -hmm. think of then. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's amazing. I mean, when when I think about it, because I saw a post, um, was that the gentleman who passed away? There was a uh, like a year and a half ago. Amigo Bob. Yeah, Amigo Bob. Amigo Bob um, was became like one of the greatest organic consultants on the planet. Like, would you know, those those bags of like organic lettuce that you buy at um you know the grocery store now he was like the consultant who helped those farms become organic mm. uh instrumental in the starting of the the basically the world's first organic certification board the ccof california certified organic farmers um and so he was you know he was it he, he was the the organizational sort of pioneer of organics while, you know, my dad was doing the vineyard thing and Bob Kennard and his other guys were, you know, doing the, the vegetable side of it. Um, you know, Amigo was sort of like organizing the, the, the movement, mm -hmm. um, you know, key, key figure in the organic movement. 
um, and you know, passed away a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, Eco Farm Conference. He was like the star of the Eco Farm Conference. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I love all that you're sharing because, <clears throat> excuse me, because um, you know, uh, I like that term hippiepreneur because I mean, these are people who um who believe had some ideals and they found a way to make a living out of it and now it's big business you know yeah. i mean it's huge business right? right i mean it's 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 and to me i i always i don't understand why it costs more to grow stuff without chemicals <laughs> you know what though it's it's starting to not necessarily be that way that's good um uh, you know i will shout this from the rooftops i might you know i'm not affiliated with this organization, you know, this winery at all, a uh, big corporate owned organization, uh, but Gloria Ferrer yep. uh, in Sonoma, you know, Champagne House, Sparkling House in Sonoma uh, is, I think next year they'll actually be certified, uh, converted to organics and reduce their farming costs. So, uh, you mm. know, there's there's these sort of preconceived notions. And, I, I you know, I've been in New York uh, on the the trade circuit you know all weeks talking selling wine with people and there's these these sort of like two preconceived notions that if you farm organically it's going to be more expensive and you're going to get less crop lower yields and um that's fuck wine i was talking about whole paycheck man you're going right. to whole paycheck <laughs> yeah, totally. no. uh, <laughs> i overheard a, 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 a like a, a walking tour guide street tour thing uh, as I was walking through Madison Square Park this afternoon and uh, the tour guide was talking about how like Jeff Bezos owns one of those buildings and all this crazy shit that he's doing it and that's why everything costs so much at Whole Foods so he could do weird things yeah I heard about on, actually yeah. someone I forgot who was telling me about that or where I heard it was like at a wine tasting like, like he bought like four floors of building and like two of them are just like his penthouse like he just gutted he's gonna have this ridiculous <laughs> That's, that's if you had it, with, you know, it goes to question. If you had it, would you flaunt it? Hell yeah! Well, it's yours, right? right? Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd buy. Yeah. I'd just be drinking yeah, stupid wine all I'd the be time. Be like, yeah, yeah. like, oh, time to brush my teeth and let's bottle of Krug again. <laughs> <You're you right. laughs> Hire a chemist to make Krug toothpaste. Yeah, totally, let's do it. <laughs> it's got scrubbing bubbles. <laughs> um, so um, your parents were deadheads. Yeah. Um, not hippies. Not hippies. <laughs> <laughs> get that, <laughs> let's get that let's get that right i want i don't want that flying around out there that i said that <laughs> phil i didn't i yeah, i was i stand corrected bro um and i've heard this story before but that's because i know you people right. that and, and people and people you got to start listening to the pod they're these guys are amazing they do a great job um they get a little bit more technical than i do because they're winemakers but but they also have great guests so terrifies me when people like pick up technical <laughs> knowledge from our podcast like, me too we people, didn't fact people, check people, that hold on i know like, <laughs> people are like people are like i learned so much I like, I, literally i was like <laughs> shit tell me tell me what it was i don't know anything i was like i don't know what i said i was like i'll listen to the podcast I, this is a conversation i'm drinking have a conversation um yeah i literally i'd say the same thing i was at a uh, i did a lecture at yale last night uh for a wine club and i was like you guys as i'm like as far as i know as i tell people you better fact check this but i'm telling you what i what I believe to be true, I, you know, I tell people all the time. But um, <laughs> the great story is, uh, um, you know, how'd your parents meet, though? <laughs> so there are there are two versions of this. Of story. course, there's hers and his. <laughs> the, yeah, and the people who remember and the people who've made it up, I think, is maybe <laughs> more likely. Uh, so the family story that we've always thought and told 
So my parents met picking grapes at the Rossi Ranch. Yes. Um, and yeah, so that's the the wine that we're drinking right now is from the Rossi Ranch, originally planted in 1910 uh, by a man named Carlo Rossi. No no relation to the jug wine. Uh, did, yeah. So did they like misappropriate the name? I mean, although Carlo Rossi is no, probably it's, a it's, common it's, it's common like, Italian name like, back then. It's like Joseph. John, John Smith. Yeah, 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 totally. Okay. Um, uh, so Carlo plants a vineyard. His son Val was born that year. Uh, Val took over farming at like the age of 23, his dad, I think his dad had passed away. And mm-hmm. this was, you know, this was 50, 45, 50 acres of vines, basically like subsistence farming. Uh, you know, there was, the train came up to their barn where their winery was. They would make wine in big barrels and put it on the train and ship it to New York. Like that's how they, and mm. that was the money that they would live off of for the rest of the year. Um, and so, you know, Val basically like farmed that in that fashion uh, his whole life. Uh, by the 70s, you know, he's he's getting older and had hired my dad to run the harvest. Uh, my dad was out of college, you know, had this sort of like vineyard management thing going and didn't really have what it was all not dialed down yet, but he was running the harvest at the Rossi Ranch. My mom had just left a commune, uh, <laughs> needed a job, and somebody said, call this guy Phil Couture, he's, he's picking grapes. Uh, and she showed up at the Rossi Ranch and started picking grapes. And, and that afternoon... Val being Valentino Valentine uh, sent the two of them off to like this dying block of Riesling to see if there's anything to pick out there and supposedly they picked like two boxes of grapes and just uh, hung out and and the rest is history Um, so that's there's you know there were some other details there that like my mom had the right radio station tuned in her car (laughs) and my dad's you know cabin where they all went back to after after picking grapes was covered in Grateful Dead posters again deadhead not a hippie Um, (laughs) And that was sort of like where they realized that it was the match was the match was made. Uh, however, it was the match to the joint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there was there was definitely things that were lit for sure, like all of them. Uh, <laughs> however, the people that she was living with um, was at the top of Cavedale Road. It was the essentially the Olds family, um, Lori Olds, Sky Vineyard. You know, you oh yeah, no Sky Vineyard. Yeah, Sky Wines all over. If I ski, see Skywine at a wine shop or restaurant in New York, I know that there's a chance that they'll take sixteen six hundred. Right, because right, like you know, you know, them. you know, you know wines if yeah. you got Sky in there, man. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, apparently, they may have met at a party there or crossed paths because my dad ran with with that crew of like these hooligans at the top of the mountain, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was like a walking distance essentially to my Commas Vineyards. Uh, that's where Lori Olds was working. That and my mom, you know, worked on the bottling line there. So there was some. Some incidental uh, connection up there, but it was that day at the Rossi Ranch that uh, the love, the the Valentine, you know, yeah. Valentino Cupid shot his arrow. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I love that story. I, I don't get tired of hearing that story. I'm I'm a cancer. I love love stories, yeah, there you man. Go. You know, what can I tell you? <laughs> um, so I've heard a story about a three-year-old Sam <laughs> walking around a party at your parents' house, offering guests. Toury wine. Toury wine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was. Uh, you probably don't remember it, but I, I, I don't remember. What's the story was told to you? That was uh, like a, you know, they in had Dixie little, cups little or something, like right? paper Dixie cups, <laughs> and and they put little tiny splashes of wine and gave me a tray, probably you know keep you keep busy. me keep me occupied <laughs> so they could uh, continue to get up to their shenanigans, um, and you know I, but I, I think that. Um, they knew that that was what I was going to be doing. It was like, yeah. my, you know, my dad put my brother on a tractor at 
you know, before he could walk, and I think that they had me selling the wine yeah. <laughs> at, at three, and you know, was it a uh, not hippies? Well, they would be hippies because they're not the dead, but crowds still not teach your children well. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you're an attractor, <laughs> and you're sales. Totally, totally. <laughs> check, check, check. <laughs> that checks out. Um. So, um, <clears throat> and is your brother still working with you guys? Oh yeah. He runs the like all the vineyard development. He's totally like, behind the scenes. Man. Totally behind the scenes. Wakes like, up. I don't even hear about him on the pod. No, he, Why he, his pod? He, he wakes up early he, and he's like spends most of his time at the top of a mountain. Doesn't want to talk to people. His favorite thing about people is when they leave. Like I don't <laughs> like. He's my brother. I would never go to his house without telling him and knocking on the door just because he's like. What do you? What do you? What do you wow. What do you, like yeah. I, I love him. It's not like there's no like. Yeah. There's no like animosity or weirdness. It's just like. He's he is happiest with like a, a dirty dog running around um, while he's on a tractor, like that's his that's his place. Nice, nice, nice. Um, on the top of the map, he's a great Instagram follow. He's of course his Instagram is private, but if you go find it, M Valentine for Valentino, M Valentine Katuri, uh, and he just like takes pictures of his tractor and his truck on these like places that you would never. I'm totally gonna follow. I love that yeah. shit, man. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, that's so cool. Um, he's gonna hate that I said. Yeah, he is. <laughs> like, like, he hates everything. Like, I hear he's, he's, like, he's like, why did I get you know? Not like I mean, we have a few thousand right. listeners, but he's like, why did I get ten new followers? Right. Who are these people? Yeah, Who I don't it? like people. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's this pretty girl hold a bottle of wine. <laughs> some some influencer get me, get me in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so, um, it's just the two of you. Just the two of us. Okay. Yeah. Two boys. All right. Now, um, so you've talked a little bit about growing up, not a lot of kids. But I mean, there were kids when you were there, and it was a lot of yeah, fun. It was yeah, kind of yeah. like, it was kind of like, I mean, for like, it's like almost an Americana of what it would be like to be in the wine business on in Sonoma on a mountain, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, Except we didn't realize we were in the wine. At least, I mean, kind of knew we were in the yeah, wine. Yeah, no, I mean. But we were so, we were so like outliers, yeah. especially with my uncle's wine, you know, the, all the like natural wine before it was a thing. We were, you know, everybody thought they were crazy. Yeah. The, Your the, uncle was uh, Tony Couturier. Tony, uh, yeah, yeah, Tony A, a Couturier, Anthony yeah, Couturier. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's, you know, Couturier Winery. He was the winemaker. Is the winemaker. Uh, um, killer wines, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, changed, changed the, changed the fucking world. You know, he, I mean, he never necessarily like uh, accomplished, you know, reached the like personal financial success that he could have and should have. But, you know, natural wine, the conversation about how wine is made doesn't happen the way it does walking around, you know, Manhattan and Brooklyn uh, if it wasn't for what what Katuri Winery did in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. There's no question in my mind. Yeah. I mean, I had it for later, but, I mean, do we want to get into the natural wine now or should we hold this? <laughs> I have it in there, man, because we're going to save that. We're going to save that till we'll after say, the well, break. Let's, let's not offend everybody right Yeah, exactly, game, right? <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, um, your parents are deadheads yeah. and your parents are really deadheads. Yeah. Like you think you're a deadhead. I don't know people, you think you're a deadhead. <laughs> they're, just but, they're just hippies. Those people. Who yeah. Those people. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, who's your godfather? My, my godfather, um, was the publicist for the dead through the eighties and nineties. Um, you know, he was, he was, if you wanted to talk to Jerry Garcia, you went through Dennis McNally. Yeah. So. yeah. 
And so I know you guys. I mean, I, I'm, I have to assume Jerry was around you a know, little bit. Jerry Jerry wasn't a, a big wine guy. Yeah, uh, he liked sweet white wine basically. Um, but you know, you'd see him backstage. You'd mm-hmm. see him backstage. It was sort of like a backstage, and then there was like an inner sanctum backstage where the where the band members were. Mm-hmm. And you know, but so I wasn't there. But he would walk from. You had to get go through regular regular backstage uh, to get to like the stage. Um, so you'd see him walk by, and uh, you know, I was I would always say hi. I was never shy. You know, everybody be like, "Oh, there's Jerry." Be like, "Hey, Jerry." Yeah, yeah. You go, How's it going, Shorty? <laughs> <laughs> but know. he but he lived in he did live in Sonoma. Had something to do with Sonoma, correct? He, he lived in he lived in Marin. Okay. Um, uh, Mickey Hart, one of the drummers, still lives in Sonoma County. In fact, Mickey Hart's wife is like an important. Uh, maybe she's an elected official in Sonoma County, if not uh, an, mm. like an appointed. She like runs the parks in Sonoma County. She, she's like a you know mm-hmm. big deal. I don't know if people realize that one that <laughs> her husband is. I know but, uh, so it's it's uh, yeah he's he's out in Sebastopol banging on crazy drums all the time. Yeah, and I I remember um, you guys during the pandemic. <laughs> I keep saying during the pandemic. Right. right. The it, be- I mean, a couple, we, about a year and a half ago, you got we were doing a bunch of stuff yeah. on Zoom. Exactly. Yeah. Um, when 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 people when you know some of us just threw up our hands like said ah I just got to get back out there because these yeah, other totally. these, yeah yeah um, but um uh you're friends with uh, Jerry's daughter she was a guest yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. she 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 she, she uh, is in the cannabis industry mm-hmm. in in Sonoma I take it yeah yeah, yeah. so how long have you known Trixie uh, you know I've known Trixie it was after her dad died okay um, and she she showed up. At the summer camp that I went to, I mean, it was a Grateful Dead, uh, hippie world connected summer camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but she showed up as the art lady, and um, kind of quietly, people didn't necessarily like talk about who she was or who her, who mm-hmm. her dad was. Um, and that's when we became friends. And I, I, I don't know when I kind of like put all the the dots together on that. Uh, but I, you know, I've known Trixie for. 30 years yeah, you know, yeah. close to 30 I mean, not, Jerry hasn't been dead quite 30 years so 20 25 years plus mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and you know I, I wanted to go back to something you said um, uh, so um, Michael Kamen was, was he had a property Robert Kamen Robert Kamen Robert Kamen yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and tell people who I mean because I'm a big yeah. fan of Cobra yeah. Kai but yeah, 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 who, right. who, who is he so Robert Kamen is a screenwriter uh, you know hundreds of credits to his name probably but the the mo- you know created the karate kid uh, you know wrote the first karate kid movies um, taken fifth element uh, Damn, he's I mean, those just two? like there's, there's things uh, he did all this work with like this guy Luke Passan and and yeah. France and uh, you know his his IMDB is is crazy and one of the things that, you know, Robert, uh, he'll tell you anything if you ask him about himself. Um, but he, you know, he never wanted to do anything else Hollywood. He never lived in L.A. Uh, and he never did, like, he never wanted to be a director or producer. He just was a screenwriter um, and sold his first screenplay. That I don't think ever got even made. Uh, and that's how he bought, you know, like, turned that check right Yeah, because it, cause you, you, they'll get property. people in Hollywood, they'll... Write your 250k check and not make your fucking movie. Right, they'll write your 250 so that somebody else doesn't. Make yeah, exactly. Movie, right, yeah. totally. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. that's, this guy's gonna like it. Fuck that studio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. here's a exactly. here's, yeah. here's <laughs> a half a million dollars. Yeah. don't He's go like, anywhere. In fact, uh, yeah. uh, screw him. Totally. I've worked with him at CAA. Fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, when did he buy it to intend to make wine? Because Phil Farms that right. Phil yeah, Phil that's Farms, yeah. Yeah. that's like the 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 opus. Um, 
you know, he, I don't, I think it was really my dad who talked him into it. I mean, he uh, he had visions of being in making wine, having a vineyard, um, and but I think it was my dad who convinced him that he could do it on that property. Uh, and and you know, if you've, I know we haven't gotten you to Sonoma yet. You were there briefly, but you no must man, have, you uh, I don't want to talk about that fucking shit show too, fiasco. Too busy to flying around in a helicopter. I know. Uh, um, but you know, you get to the t- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just pouring crystal out of the Sonoma <laughs> County exactly. as you go by. Uh, I should have had a grill. I should have. I should have broke out my grill. Right. I never had a grill, but that been so dope. <laughs> pouring bottle of champagne out the window. Uh, <laughs> it wouldn't have been allowed to pour no. champagne with the people I was yeah, out there. Like I said, we like we, you said, we won't. Yeah, we won't, we won't talk about. <laughs> What's still, it's still an open wound. <laughs> Sorry, there's some salt. Can I press there? Yeah, um, you got lemon juice. <laughs> but you get to the top of. The, I mean, it's it's on the top of a mountain. There was no road. There was no power. Mm. It's a, like I said, you drive past these insane rock formations. Nobody thought you could plant a vineyard there. Period. Let alone farm it organically. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was you know. Maybe Phil's greatest sales job was, was convincing Robert in 1983 that he could pull it off there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, 40 years later, Robert's on the cover of the Wine Spectator. I know. know? Yeah. I mean, it, it only took 40 years for them to figure it out, but I, they, they finally got it. Well, right? you know. <laughs> yeah, listen, you know, and I think shows like ours, we get the drop on the mainstream media. But, you know, that's all good. It's all good. Because well, we're closer to reality. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, it's all good. Yeah, it was so funny because um, I'm like, man, I've known about him for years. <laughs> now he's going to go Like, like that's a new news. It's, uh, look, <laughs> you know, we talk, people talk about the East Coast bias, West Coast bias. It's it, when people were still like struggling with at the upper echelons of the wine business, reminding them that um, we do really good things in Sonoma that aren't Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Right, it, it's um, and that's increasingly like a smaller and smaller section of Sonoma because as it gets hotter and drier, that's getting you know the really good stuff is getting pushed further and further to the coast, and all of a sudden you know Cabernet from the Moon Mountain District, where it's a skosh cooler than like Calistoga, is gonna be here, uh, do better than you know 120 degrees in Oakville, uh, you know two weeks ago, so I, it it definitely like. It's time to start reminding the world of, of what we do in Sonoma and, you know, Moon Mountain District Cabernet is is up there with the best in the world, let alone the best in, you know, the the neighboring county. And I got no, you know, like, sh- no shade for Napa. I, I, you know, we have great clients there. We make Napa Grenache. We make, you know, I have this Cab Franc from the Oakville Ranch, uh, you know, we're, we're, but there's definitely, like, a whole lot more going on out there. And, and um, so it's, it was nice to see that. Uh, you know, on newsstands and airports everywhere. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, well, this is how I do it. Like, I have notes, but I go where the conversation goes. And, yeah. and, and I'm, uh, I'm trying really hard to keep you off your notes. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, I, I don't, I mean, these are, it literally has one word. Okay. I, I'm telling you, I have notes. <laughs> You're not showing me that convenience. It's like for, parents, <laughs> Godfather. <laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> Right. I have a certain air to maintain, a right. certain air of pretension. Right. Well, that's what that, I'm, that, that, that you are here for with what's the, the word? needle in that yeah. balloon. <laughs> but, um, you know, 
and it ties into my recent trip to Sonoma, um, is that um, I had never had heard it put that way. Um, but um, Napa and Sonoma are separated by mountain ranges, right? By the Mayacamas right. Mountains, correct? Right. Okay. So someone said it, essentially the same climate. It's just on the other side of the mountain. Now you said with global warming, it's going to yeah. become – I mean, because I mean, I, when I say essentially, like before global warming, like people are just sleeping on Sonoma cabs, right? Right. Right. I mean, you had Beringer Knights Valley, you had a few right. that, you know, and that was like a lower end for them. It was like incredible when I started a business in like 1990. It was like you get it for like 15 to 20 bucks, and this shit was so good. Sleeper, right. Right. sleeper shit, right. sleeper juice, right? right. But um, <clears throat> I mean, I think you said it's time this is story sold. And like, and and that's why I'm so glad you're here. I hope to get Phil on here. I'm probably gonna have to come to the mountain, which yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. mind. Right. But I wanted to get you on, and because you know, uh, Sonoma, I wouldn't say is in a renaissance. It's in a. I think the wine world is reckoning with itself in Sonoma. Right. Because, I mean, Moon Mountain District is sick. But I mean, uh, but if we go to the place of who is the celebrity winemaker, but fucking Jesse Katz is is yeah. blowing Sonoma up. Totally. You totally. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, making, I mean, we talked about this, did we t I think we talked about this on the Zoom for Auditette with, uh, yeah, that, that little intimate one where Elaine, mm. shout I out to Elaine. That, I have that video, I, I should put that out into the world. You should put that in the yeah, world. I have a video of that with Conby and yeah. Isabel. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was amazing. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll drop that when I drop the next edition of Auditette. That'd be the wise and strategic thing to do, yeah. but I probably won't do it. Or, we, or, we, or, we, or should we make an NFT with it and <laughs> bound it to it? Uh, I'm I'm not smart enough to do this. <laughs> um, <clears throat> NFT. I just, I just keep running like. Right. And I was like, now you're fucking talking. Right, That's a great go. idea. Um, That's what it stands for. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I've had, I've taken some fungible tokens in my life. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what I thought they yeah. were. <laughs> um, but uh, as you say, I mean, you know, I lived in Santa Barbara, uh, and wine's just funny. Like people are like. Like, I lived in Santa Barbara in 1999 through, like, you know, whatever, up until, like, 2010, basically. But I um, wasn't in the wine business the whole time. But, like, when I moved out there, it was, like, it was on the cover of Wine Spectator, the, the new emerging wine region. And then, like, Raj Parr moves out there in 2010, the new emerging wine region. Like, right. they're so weird with, like, mainstream media is so weird. We're, like, no, people have been making wine all over the state of California for hundreds of years. You, all right, let's get it right. First winery in California. Do you know where it was? No. Temecula. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. First one, first winery in California, and there's still like apparently in there's like all through the valley, there's there's like backyard grapevines that grow out of the ground randomly because there was yeah. it was vineyards, it was that's where all you know the wine industry in California starts in you know Southern California. Yeah, you know, I mean people that you know which blow, would blow Sonoma, people away. Buena Vista, oldest winery in California. Fine, <clears throat> first winery in California was in Temecula. You have it there first. You heard it here first. If you didn't know that. And if it's not true, somebody email, and you know what? email MJ and tell we, them you know, who was that true. fucking guy you Wait, had on that they show. Can't, they can't put anything on the internet <laughs> that's not true, right? <laughs> Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Um, so I, I just love this, man. So I, I want to talk a little bit more about growing up because it's so because your parents were deadheads. Yeah. And and I remember um, I listened to a recent episode of The Winemakers Five uh, where you had Bluesman G Love on. Oh, yeah. And that was I love I love that you guys did that man. And I'm, Bart, what's up, man? You're supposed to have introduced me to, to right. G Love already, bro. 
part. What did they do? Just sat there crashing Amphora and yeah, oh, that was a shit show. I feel so. Yeah, that was terrible. Oh, the, no. the Shannon Blanc that's n- that wasn't in Amphora. It's like the best he's ever made. It's so fucking heartbreaking. And that was from yeah. Buddha's Dharma being right, probably? No, no, no this was from uh, 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 Solana County up in Green Valley. <sighs> yeah. But still, it's heartbreaking. Bart makes Shannon. Hashtag Bart makes Shannon. You'll see that. <laughs> not this year. I put that hashtag. They'll be, yeah, not this <laughs> year. Bart made less Shannon this year. <laughs> yeah. By the Bart Shannon, it'll go fast. There's, there's less of it this uh, year. Uh, shout out to Bart Hansen, who is a co-host on the Winemakers Pod and a fine winemaker of uh, Dane Sellers out in Sonoma. Um, I hope it's not too soon. For, you know the Amphora jokes were coming, bro. Yeah. I, I tried hard. I, I mean, I maybe even dropped a couple on the ep- the first episode we recorded <laughs> when he got back. You know, just rip the band-aid off. You got to. He I put mean, it on Instagram. When, you know, it was. Actually, he texted me, and I did. Uh, uh, I put together a nice little sad reel because I'm I'm just pissed because Bart sends me free wine every year to I review, know, man, Not, and shit. I love and like I love his reds, but like the shinin is so like, uh, and I'm like, fuck. Yeah, it's 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 brutal. You ever see um, what was that movie with uh, it's one of the Wayne Brothers movie where Chris Rock is like, he's like uh. How much for a soda? A dollar? How would I give you a quarter? Let me drink it out. Of hand. Like I want to, I want to tra- teleport to like, just slurp up some of the juice. Just I don't care if it's not even fermented yet. Just want to put it in my hand. Stand there at the drain with a, with a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think you're gonna need to find and filter this wine, Bart. Yeah. It's a little crunchy. Yeah. <laughs> but as I was saying, so uh, you had G Love on, which was yeah. great. Um. And you told a story about the time. Now your parents are deadheads, yeah. so you told the story about the time your parents found your NWA cassette tape, and 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 and, and, and your comment was like something about like you need more psychedelics in your music or something. Like like, like what did your parents do? Like he, like and it also leads into what you said about East West Coast. Like so yeah, you, you're listening. You're up. You know you grew up it, on it jam was, band stuff. It was it was Snoop Dogg doggy style. Okay, Snoop Dogg doggy style. Okay, okay. And I I borrowed it from my cousin Tony's Tony's kid Nick. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I heard I, Nick's I, hanging out with that other crowd of winemakers. Yeah, I I put you on. You're like, oh shit. He's like, yeah, that's right. my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, you know, it was they were um they were unhappy with my <laughs> musical choices. I and you know I I listened to more hip hop growing up. Than just about anything. I mean, I, I, the music, the Grateful Dead music, and sort of like associated family, you know, Garcia band things, and you know, the the people that they played with in that sort of world coming up uh, was always there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I probably listened to more hip hop than just about anything else. Uh, it'll some I had, a, I had a punk rock phase for a minute, uh, but a lot of hip hop. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. But I thought the comment like you need more psychedelics right. in music. <laughs> What's the what are these blunts? Right. <laughs> Stuff's way too hard. Yeah. <laughs> I need to dose, dose Snoop Dogg. Yeah. See what happens. That would have been a good idea. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Snoop Dogg jam. Snoop Dogg jam band. Ooh. I mean, that's like let's go. Let's go take Snoop Lion and raise you. You know, uh, uh, Snoop jams. Just like. Hey, I gin think- and gin and juice. <clears throat> go weird. You know. <laughs> I, I dig it. What did you put in this gin and juice? <laughs> Um, so you grew up like in like and like like did you go to like and it's I don't know if it's popular, but like I'm thinking 
deadheads like was there like a, did you go to like Sonoma Public Schools was there like a, what's that what's that Steiner School what are the yeah, uh, Waldorf School, Waldorf school? Yeah. the Waldorf School thing was just starting to happen okay, uh, so around but I def I went to like some some made up schools <laughs> for, sure. <laughs> for sure I uh you know and then when my mom didn't like those she pulled us out and made another school uh, and then didn't, and then that one went weird and she homeschooled us for a minute and then like oh you'll be fine go to public school go to public, go to here's sixth grade middle school and I'm like what the f- <laughs> that was that was that was um that was that was a little bit of an adjustment for sure no I, I did like some Montessori stuff and mm-hmm. um. And and in public schools, I also went to Justin Siena, which is the the Catholic private school in Napa, uh, for a hot minute. Did you have to wear a uniform? Uh, no uniforms, okay. but you had to have uh, collared shirts uh, or college shirts. Um, you know, you could be like, you know, if you if you brought me back a shirt from Yale when you're up there yesterday, I could have worn that to college. Uh, but at the time, the Grateful Dead had this whole like co-branded line of college shirts. Wow. That had like dancing bears, you know, dancing around the Colorado <laughs> Buffalo and shit like that. So, I would, I, you know, it, slightly just, subversive, uh, but totally. it, it, you, you stuck to the letter of the law. I was the letter of the law. You know, I had to cut my hair. I had long hair and they had to cut my hair, oh, but damn. I could have an earring. So I pierced my ear. You know, it was just like, <laughs> all right, I'll take what I can get, you know. Um, Needless to say, I only lasted a year and a half in Catholic yeah, school. Yeah, I'm surprised you made it that long. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was. Some tribulations for sure. <laughs> Are you even Catholic? Uh, I I tell people that I was raised in my two favorite religions, which is uh, lapsed Catholic and non-practicing Jew. Oh, isn't that and and <clears throat> that's a that's a different that's a, yeah. that's a different that's a, that's a niche you should mark yeah, your wine. Totally. There there is a market there. I had uh, I had <laughs> kosher Grenache Rosé for a hot minute. Uh, no, you know my dad was uh, Italian. Yeah, ca- went to Catholic school his whole life in in San Francisco. Was an altar boy. You know, first time he got drunk was that's so funny. Wine. That Phil yeah. Couture was an altar right? boy. Right? There's those some there's some funny pictures. <laughs> <laughs> some like big old like thick horn room glasses. The like the like sh- the sh- the smock yeah, or whatever the, the, the whole like the dress, garb yeah. swinging the swinging the incense <laughs> T- totally he's, he's very pious pious filcatory <laughs> you have no idea that's that's honestly why he never really like got went deep into biodynamics is he the whole like oh like, it was religious it, it, it's, it's that, too, like, is um, too ritual like weird god what what is that thing like uh, it's um, Sacrilegious, almost. No, no, it was the no? other way. It was like he didn't want to have an. He'd oh, like, uh, yeah, he didn't want anything. He's, like, he's, like, he's like, I don't need any more yeah. dogma. Yeah, he already shed, got rid of Catholicism. He wasn't going to go deep on Steinerism. I mean, he did a lot of those things, but he wasn't, you know, bearing cow horns at at full moon. You know, it wasn't just like it wasn't quite. He wasn't there. Yeah, he, wasn't, he never really bought that. I mean, there's rabbit holes you don't want to go down. Yeah, he, I think he pulled and, himself out of and it. good for I know, but I mean like you know when you th- when you start to think about um, like even um, Waldorf schools, I mean, you know I I I like I went to law school not because I like research, but I learned I, but I can go down these rabbit holes and you're like I'm like yo this is kind of cultish. Paul, like this, Paul yeah, White is gonna hate hearing this part of this episode, but yeah, you get down the. Those some there's some weird shit, but at the weird at any of those. But like, that's but that's the, at the end of the day that I tell people all the time. I'm like that's the nature of religion is gonna have some weird shit going on. Yeah, some weird shit at the bottom. You're gonna have to believe something that there's no proof for. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and 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 you know I I tell them my mother was with Joe Witness and like I was like nine I couldn't make the leap and she forced me to go. I was like I'm like nah I can't make that leap I'm nine I can't make that leap that doesn't it doesn't make sense we've uh, we've managed to offend a bunch of people without talking about natural wine I know, I know. 
Well, you know, I had Patrick Cappiello on. We talked about because he he was driven by like uh, or scarred by. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Patrick, but like religion and like and like he was like, shit, we've been here for twenty minutes. We haven't fucking talked about why. <laughs> There's wine. There's wine in my glass. What is this? Exactly. There is wine in my glass. Um, <laughs> it's Grenache. It is Grenache. Uh, you know what, man? This is actually probably a good time to take a quick break. <clears throat> so we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more of Sam Katori. Okay, we're back. Um, <laughs> let's see how much more, how many more people I can offend. Sometimes right. I'm surprised I haven't been canceled yet. I think, <laughs> you know, but I don't really say like super canceling stuff. But I do. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I was like, I'm an old man. You get to a certain. I'm 54, man. Something about old dogs and new tricks. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I'm pretty. I'm, I have an open mind, but there's some things I just won't budge on. Um, on the it's the principality, Smokey. This <laughs> <laughs> is on principle. Um, so <clears throat> you homeschooled. Catholic schooled, public schooled. public schooled. Who goes to Reno, Nevada for college, and <laughs> why? Uh, you go because you didn't get into UC Santa Cruz. Okay. Right. Uh, decent enough scores on tests, but bad, not good enough grades. Uh, but you know what I really <laughs> like, went? I, I went like uh, your mother gave you all A's. That doesn't count. Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> like, where, where's the transcript? Uh, let me write one. Uh, I know you should have <laughs> in crayon. I, I had a cat. I had a high school diploma from a public school. In the First thing. of all, I got to interrupt you because this shit is lit right now. Uh, starting to open up. Yeah, a starting to open up yeah, a little totally bit. Totally needs. You know. I mean, in a re- in a in a perfect world, um, I would have brought a decanter. I can't be carrying all this shit in New York City. Yeah, and like, I drop that out. Yeah. Me. 39th Street. Yeah. <laughs> I get a tax. I'm like, look at that bong. Right. The amount of people smoking pot in New York City right now is like blowing my mind. It must like, be because you're I, from California. I'm from, well, uh, but everywhere you go. Dude, it's it, it's weed York City. It's weed. There's like joints everywhere. Dude. And it, it wasn't like that five years ago. No, right? no. It listen, was, listen. Was, no, listen. I it, it wouldn't. Point being, like, if somebody pulled out a bong, on, I'd like it just be like it. The cops were watching, literally, like talking to guys who were selling bags of weed out of their backpack. Yep. And they're like, "All right, well, be safe, brother. Be safe, brother." And walked <laughs> away. I was like, "What the hell is going on?" It was awesome. Uh, it's, it's, it, you know. Yeah. I walked into heaven. The weed's free. I know. <laughs> I digress. What were we talking about? Because that is so true. Uh, um, Reno. How do you know? How do I end up in Reno? Yes. Um, two reasons. Uh, a they had a great journalism school, mm-hmm. and that's what I wanted to study, um, and did study it. And um, family friend was like a professor of the journalism department, and, and that was a, there was a connection there. Uh, and I I wanted to go skiing. Okay. I, I had a job. Ski? I, you I, ski or I, snowboard? I'm ski. I had a, I had a, oh, you're, I had you're a old school. Yeah, I'm old school. I had a, I had a job uh, working for like the ski team, little little kid, like little junior racer kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, every weekend, uh, all winter long, and had a season pass to uh, formerly known Squaw Valley, now Palisades Tahoe, uh, <laughs> and um, you know that's that's why I was there. It's also why it took me six and a half, seven years to graduate. Hey man, I was on a six year plan, bro. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I took I took a, the bare minimum amount of classes so I could go skiing every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I tell kids when I used to work in uh, the education sector, I was like, God, to be this. Best six years of your life. <laughs> They're like, Mr. Teller, you talking about? I was like, college will be the best six years of your life. But you know what? I was also in. I was in Reno in a time when it was cheap enough that I like you could go for five and a half, six years and not, you know, get destroyed by yeah, student and loans still and come out and like oh, I only have thirty thousand. I mean, like people yeah. don't understand college. That that yeah. shit is crazy now. 
No, you lived in. I got a part. You know, I had a house in Reno and a power bill, and I went to the student office, and I was an in-state student. Yeah, uh, you know, paid. It was less to go there than like the community college in Sonoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and um, you know, got to play in Tahoe every weekend. Nice. Yeah. And so, um, so you were in journalism, poli sci, um. You worked in politics in Nevada, which to me just seems like wild, wild west. Like, what was, what, what, what the hell? What, like, what? Uh, it was, um, you know, the thing about it is it was small enough that, like, I was on, you know, I was on a campaign for governor. Wow. And I was on first name basis with the candidate as a, as like a 22 year old intern because it was a small enough deal that, like, you know, hadn't quite gotten to the, the, that level yet. If I had done that in California, you know, I would have been in some field office somewhere and it would have been nothing. But uh, it was it was still kind of like a small thing. You know, I, I joke that, you know, there's two political parties, but in Nevada there was just one and it was gaming. Like, every, you know, everything, as long as gaming was happy, everything else kind of like filtered out of that. Uh, but it was, it was, you know, get out in the middle of Nevada. There was some weird shit out there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first day... <laughs> The first day uh, at the Nevada legislature, so that was after the campaign life, I was working for like a you know, lobbying firm, and the, the big boss comes in and he goes, well, you know, if Washington, D.C. is Major League Baseball, this is unaffiliated minor league baseball. Jesus, you're like, un- you're like sleeping on futons and, you know, unaffiliated. $10, $10 per diem to get a Subway sandwich. <laughs> like that, that was that was our level of baseball. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe it's, maybe it's gone up a little bit since then around Reno, but... Uh, it was it was still uh, and it was still like very much like homespun kind of politics, uh, you know, pre pre Tea Party, you know when things started to get really weird in politics and everybody hated each other. Yeah, you know you'd hang you'd hang out with Democrats Republicans that I'll be at the you know getting a beer after work kind of thing. Yeah, um, I don't think it's like that anymore. As it as it should be, yeah. so people can work shit out. But yeah. anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, Politics, religion. Where, what else can we talk? Oh, yeah. Natural wine. Then we'll get the <laughs> we're last we're one. Yeah, we'll we're we'll, we'll offend everybody. everybody today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it had to happen. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, did, what did my man say? You can fool some people sometimes. You right. can't fool all the people. <laughs> exactly. So if you're one of those people, sorry. Sorry. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the first eighty plus episodes, though. <laughs> good to have you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So um, you did that for a while, and then um. I'm just gonna. I what prompted to move back to California? Something about a burgeoning cannabis industry. I, oh, I got laid off. Okay. Yeah, 2000. You know. Also, oh, the PR thing is it was the burgeoning cannabis. He's like, I got laid off. I got laid off. <laughs> I, it was, um, you know, I survived the first round. You know, bottom of the barrel. Uh, you know, bottom of the totem pole in in marketing world. Uh, survived the first sort of round in 2008 recession, and uh, you know, big client pulled out. That was one of my you know sort of main jobs. They're, they pulled out their project and wasn't going to happen, and uh, I got set free. It was the best day of my life. Don't was, you love that? No, it was the best day of my life. That week, I had been uh, the mining industry representative at a conference that was literally called Natives Affected by Mining. And, and it's like it's like how they can fuck them over. And I sat there listening <clears throat> to these people who were like you know lived on reservations in Nevada talking about. You know how the gold mining camp company came in, and now they can't fucking drink the water. And I'm and I'm and I'm sitting there with Nevada Mining Association on my fucking the sticker on my 
suit jacket, you know? You and I'm just like, I fucking hate Filling this. mom on each shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, the first time my parents saw me in a suit and tie and this little blue badge that said paid lobbyist on it, uh, they're like, you know, it was like my best suit, red tie. Uh, and they're like, where did we go wrong? Yeah. How did we fail they're you? Like, Every see, other parent have been like, like, wow, you have a great job. <laughs> they've been like, career the black parents have it right. You need to beat your child every now and then because this is something wrong yeah, they here. Were, that, they were, that was pro- there was a two by four somewhere around the corner. <laughs> they were like, do we let him go to work or do we whack him in the forehead and start over? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, and I love that. Like, I mean, people like uh, pictures where I had my, 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 corporate days i'm baldy but like it's like a phase you like you got to find yourself but you know and like yeah but yeah that's so so i got laid off got laid off got laid off and then went back to got drawn back to california yeah to work basically that job in pot yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's what i mean no i I, I wrote i wrote press releases and speeches to give at city council meetings and helped tour like the chief of police through a giant pot fact you know, 25,000 square foot <laughs> cannabis factory in Oakland. Um, Oaksterdam. Oaks, it was it was the Oaksterdam days. Okay. Uh, that Oaksterdam guy, guy was great. What was his name? Can't remember his name. He was like you know he was in a wheelchair. Uh, he had some like he was a roadie music guy and had a you know workplace accident. Was in a wheelchair for the rest of his life and that's why he did the whole Oaksterdam thing. It was like medical days. Yeah. But we would sit in the back of the like, Oakland City Council meetings and just like shoot the shit and talk make fun of all these other crazy hippies that were <laughs> trying to like have their legal weed in Oakland. Yeah, it was, that was like teaching Sean. Yeah, man, no, I've got this situation. <laughs> there was a guy, you know, maybe it's, it, it, he was ahead of his time. Um, we called him dress. And okay. he, he, or, and formally wedding dress. And he just would like wear, a, he would wear a dress over every outfit that he had so whether it was like a suit and tie and then there's like it would be a fancier dress and <laughs> and and this guy was like big long beard long gray hair maybe even some dreadlocks like it, he was in a dress and he would go and like talk to the oakland city council and and it would be like a formal dress and then you'd see him working in his warehouse and it'd be like the work dress it was it was dress it was it was a, a lot of characters. Yeah, if I could write a book about that without uh, like a, a contract coming out on my head because of <laughs> some of the shit that went down in Oakland, uh, I would totally write that book. Yeah, and that would fulfill what we talked about your uh, yeah and the, and the before the poor. Right. All right, man. So <clears throat> so you do that, and then like a year later, you you, you join the family business. Yeah. Family business. Uh, let's talk about um, winery sixteen six hundred. Yeah, it's. Um, the, the People are like finally some finally. fucking wine. What are, what are we doing here? Uh, I don't even remember what uh, what 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 do I have to say about winery sixteen six hundred <laughs> anyway. Um, the deal with sixteen six hundred is every grape that we make into wine was grown by my dad, mm. um, and you know it's the sort of like our twisted take on an estate winery, uh, except for that for the most part we don't own any of the vineyards that we're sourcing from their vineyards that we've, you know, enterprise vineyards, my dad's company has been hired to farm and we'll buy the grapes back and, you know, make, uh, many small lots of different wines, uh, focus on Rhone varietals. But, um, you know, the thing about that format is it kind of opens up to not having any rules about what we make. So, you know, uh, Super Tuscan style Sangiovese Cabernet. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, you know, cans of white wine and rosé. Uh, this year we have 48 cases of, of Oakville Ranch Cabernet Franc uh, available to members. 
Uh, when is Phil sending me my package? It's, uh, I, I got to get home and get the fulfillment team <laughs> in order. I can't believe it hasn't showed up yet. <laughs> what are they doing out there? I know what they're doing. They're working, they're working their ass off while I play around. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so when did it, when did it, when did it get started? Uh, so the first legal vintage that had 1660. I love that. <laughs> legal. Uh, bonded. Um, in case you're listening, TTB um, was 2007. Okay. Uh, um, different label, same, but but it's called 16600. Um, so when I came in at, in 2011. And hold on, before you go there, yeah. um, who's same winemaker now as then, or no? Who was uh, making the wine originally? Jeff Baker was making the wine originally. Okay. okay. Um, those were the, the first, you know, uh, up until the first five or six years, it was all Jeff Baker. Okay. Um, you know the the wonderful and complicated thing about what we do with sixteen six hundred. It's also sort of not winemaker list, but it's um, you know we collaborate with a bunch of different winemakers, mm. and you know sometimes it's made at Stone Edge Farm with with Jeff Baker now Alejandro Ziman. Uh, sometimes it's made at Reprie at Moon Mountain with, with Eric Bradley. We make a lot of stuff at Magnolia Wine Services uh, with a lot of help from from. Jack Sporer, who's Fresh Wine Company, and, and his uncle Will Buckland. That's where Isabel Will helps. Buckland. Okay, yeah. Um, and and then sometimes you know we made that that kosher rosé with uh, Braden Albrecht at Mayakamas. Uh, the Oakville Ranch wines that we get come from from their winery. Uh, with Jen Rue was the winemaker there. Um, you know, it's it is kind of like a Dead and Co. It's like it's, or, it's or like how the Dead would have right. It's Phil and Friends. They would have people come. In. It's Phil and Friends. Phil yeah. And friends. yeah, It's it's. Yeah. Uh, it's you know, we're, we we want to like sort of focus on a few different things with sixteen six hundred, but one it is that inherently this is a collaborative business. Um, you know, you have to have good growers, you have to have good winemakers, you have to have a lot of people in in the right places to to make it happen to make it successful. Um, so we're you know embrace that sort of collaborative nature of um, you know what we get to do. Yeah, and um, so then you. Um came in in 2011 and what was like your first like like you came in you're the you're the youngest i take it right no my brother the track okay all right yeah so um wow yeah wow they were like okay he's the egghead he's the worker (laughs) yeah Um, pretty much um, (laughs) he's taller than me though i got the brains he got the height (laughs) (laughs) um so uh you know it it, like you you got your you got your journalism background and, and um and poli sci, which is not that far from marketing, believe it or not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, it's all politics. Especially, it's, it's all sales. Po- it's all sales. Yeah. Um, so what? What? Like, what was like? The, what? What did you want to do? Like, when you came in? The, well, the first thing we did was was get a hold of Stanley Mouse. Uh, and for people, there might be people yeah. tell people who Stanley so Mouse is. Stanley Mouse uh, is an artist. Um, you know, most famous for like poster art and and album covers from the '60s in San Francisco, uh, Grateful Dead, Skull and Roses, like every Journey album cover, Steve Miller Band. You know, what I tell people, you know, even if you if you Google Stanley Mouse, you're gonna be like scrolling through and you know Google images and be like, oh, I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that. You know, close your eyes and picture a, a you know '60s San Francisco you know Fillmore poster mm-hmm. and the image that comes in your head. Uh, is Stanley Mouse created. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's lived in Sonoma for a long time. He's out in Sebastopol these days. I grew up with his daughters. Um, you know, he's he's a reclusive artist. You know, Mouse isn't in just a clever name. Uh, so, you know, we kind of had to go and track him down and sit there in his studio until he put it together. 
Um, but uh, yeah, the label was uh, a portrait that he's done, and the font is actually the same font that's on uh, Steve Miller Band Book of Dreams, you know, with the with the Pegasus. Mm -hmm. um, so that was got that, and and you know, other than Adutet, which is also Stanley Mass art, we basically you know ran with it. Don't don't fuck with. And the what's profession. that picture? I mean, it's it's a woman. It's a, it's a it's yeah. A, it's very fascinating art because it it has like a scream esque. Mm -hmm. It has some some uh, interesting uh, sort of like motion to it. Those lines, yeah. Uh, it's um, you know, he calls it left bank, uh, so that either means uh, you know it's on the, in in Paris or maybe it's Bordeaux. I don't know. Right. Uh, it's a woman, pensively, um, you know, has her has her hand on her sort of on her neck and a um, hand on a glass of wine. Um, now that you mentioned, she looks very Parisian. It does look French. Now, yeah, totally. It's, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. Stanley. Um, has this ability to sort of uh, emulate the masters. He can do, you know, he can have things that look like all kinds of different artists that are totally his his work. He just is this like wealth of imagery and and um, and talent, uh, and so it's got that very like sort of Toulouse Lautrec kind of kind of vibe to it. Um, and you know, one of my favorite things is you know, you come to the tasting house and uh, one of the rooms that you can sit in to for a tasting is this little room that we have. It's got some cool old theater seats in it at a coffee table. And you sit there and you look at the original mm. and mm. You know, invariably a couple of, you know, wines in people start talking about, you know, what she's thinking about <laughs> and what, what's going on in the scene. You know, did she, did she just get stood up? Is, you know, is it, a, is it a, you know, breakup? Is she mad? Is she happy? Is it, you know, is she in love? Uh, you know, and those, those conversations, um, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite. Like, if that part of the tasting happens, I know it's going to be a good tasting. Yeah, I right. Like, I know <laughs> that they're gonna, you know, they, maybe they won't join, but they're gonna tell their friends. They're gonna, um, you know, buy a couple of bottles. They're they've like, you know, we've we've uh, engaged in something deeper. Yeah, than uh, just, like, Inception, this you planted something. Yeah, in. yeah totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. <laughs> just call me Leo. Exactly. <laughs> right. You have to make them think it was their idea yeah, to totally, join the white totally. club. Totally. We should. We should. And that is exactly, I'm not going to give away all those things. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what we do. If it's their idea, then it's way better. It, it <laughs> really is. It, goes way better. it is. You you don't regret stuff that you wanted to buy, not stuff you felt like you, you had wanted to buy. To buy. Yeah, totally. um, but these wines, I mean, this is like uh, showing crazy. Um, I don't know which way to go, but since we have it here, let's, because um, we have we have a decent amount of time left, but okay. we can talk. Yeah, this. So, so I want. I it's want. Good. There's a there's a giant clock on the wall. Exactly. <laughs> um, so while we're here, um, specifically, um, let's talk about um, organic farming. Phil's. I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is a word, but I I did this on the train here, just like I do my homework. Right. Like like uh, so you said. I think I point, but uh, prolificity. Prolific. How how and Phil? Why Phil so prolific at? Organic and specifically mountain farming, but why? Yeah. Like, like, break that down for people, and then, um, and then, uh, and then um, the follow-up question is, and then this is Rossi Rant. So talk right. about we talked a little bit about that, but touch on how your your dad is known as the, the godfather of organic mountain farming in California. Yeah, you know, um, he's like a prodigy. <laughs> he, I think it's a, a combination. Of the different influences that he, you know, so you're talking in, in the so beginning. So Joe Miami yeah. is definitely like high on that list, um, and that was you know his sort of vineyard work uh, uh, guide and and um, mentor. Um, 
there was when my when my grandparents bought property in Glen Ellen, uh, up on Enterprise Road, there was a, a, their neighbor was a retired army colonel, um, who you know was growing farming organically, gardening organically, and he had a a crate of uh, organic gardening journal going back to the fifties from the Rodale Institute in Pennsylvania, and it's like sort of the first. Uh, really the first publication talking about organic. And my dad started reading that and, and like, making compost and had an organic garden there. People think shit is new. There's yeah. uh, literally, there's nothing new under the sun. Right, to totally. Uh, and then the third one is this guy named uh, Walter Benson, who was a land developer. So And he did all these, like, crazy, uh, you know, building roads and, and house sites uh, on the hills in, in Sonoma. And I think that, that those sort of three things combined to you know and and uh, his artistic side the degree in poetry the yep. the prolific use of uh, hallucinogenic <laughs> substances that he's also uh, very prodigious in that yeah deal. T totally um that kind of all combined to sort of execute the vi you know you go to cayman to execute that vision uh from a raw piece of land and to farm it in such a way that you're putting more back into the soil than you're taking out and and enlivening these mountains um, and and helping the the bound nutrients that are in these volcanic rocks, you know, sort of slowly escape and get into the vine. Um, all of a sudden, people started to realize that uh, the grapes tasted better, the wine tasted better, uh, and and um, slowly that sort of progression happened to where you know, these winemakers realized that they were doing better. And Jeff Baker was a great example. Um, he started buying some grapes that Phil was growing brought it up to Carmenet, and every year it'd be the best fermentation. And they, that was the lot that was like the key to their to their top cuvee. And he realized, well, why are we buying grapes that he's farming from other places and then not having him farm this vineyard? And that's when he started farming Moon Mountain Vineyard, you know, place he's been for 25 years. Um, it, was, it was the winemakers sort of seeing it happen in, in real time in their tanks that, that um, these organic these organic berries, these organic fruit, was just making better wine, um, and you know, tasted better. It fermented cleaner and easier, and and um, you know, so it took as as the <laughs> fellow said, forty years to be an overnight success. Yeah. You know, and yeah. finally, like, and you know, now it's now you drive through Napa, and even if they're still this boggles my mind, but even if people are like still strip spraying Roundup under their vines. They've planted a cover crop. There's like other things growing out there intentionally. It's not just, you know, mustard for the tourist pictures. There's bell beans and, you know, this sort of like paradigm shift that happened to like try and do better with the soil. And the end result is going to be better. It doesn't like, it's not, seems like so sort of self evident, but um, that's not the way farming in general really is anywhere. Um, but when you're in this sort of like luxury crop, that that fine wine is there's a um, ability to put those sort of like investments into it. Yeah. Um, so when we um, <coughs> we met when we met IRL um, at Hospice Derone <laughs> and we did that crazy drunken <laughs> free for all with 10, 10, 12 people just walking through walking through a room with um, wine everywhere. Wine we, like, went everywhere. Hey Jeff, Jeff Cohn, Jeff Cohn just fucking opened every bottle. Don't, every don't do it. Like, what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> He's been crazy. He's like ah, showed up and started pulling cords. Exactly. Like, could we? Did we invite him? Did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the wines there was a nineteen eighty seven Carmenet. Mm. 
Moon Mountain. It was 87. Is it 87 or 89? Was, was it 89 or 87? I could probably go back and consult yeah. the pictures. Let's but call it 88. We're gonna, yeah, we'll split the difference. Split the difference. 88. Um, I would have to assume that was Farm by Phil. Um, I don't know. He, he had spent a lot of time up there by then. It was definitely made by Jeff Baker. Okay. Um. And Carmine for you. Carmine is a dope ass. Oh, there's so many OG wineries in California yeah. that people don't know about. But like Carmine was like, if it's you, still. I mean, well, no. Now Carmine is well the vineyard that it that it was, okay. and the winery there now known as Repree is is amazing. Okay. Uh, not much in distribution, but if you get out, go there. Yep. Um, if you want to like a a classic case study in what fucking corporate wine does to great brands <laughs> and great labels. Uh, Carmenet was bought by Diageo. Um, I don't know who owns the label now, but Carmenet was like the king of, of Sonoma Cab. It was like one of, you know, that Laurel Glen that was like mm. in the 80s and, and 90s, it was like the cab from Sonoma. Now, uh, Carmenet is Central Coast, maybe even just California Appalated, uh, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir that you buy at the gas station. Chardonnay, like, like they were the like, like they were Moon Mountain they were Cabernet, Moon, and Moon now Mountain there's Chardonnay and Pinot, Pinot Noir. Noir at the gas station. Like this terrible label, like knee height at the gas station wine. Wow. Like if you live in California, where you can well, I was gonna say, buy I mean, Pinot Noir I mean, at the gas station. I mean, we're still kind of pissed off because we can't buy wine at the gas station right. still. We can't. Like, I'd buy we that can't buy any wine. I'd right. buy that shit all the time. But I'm like Carmenet. Car- I know them. Right. But now, but now, 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 now the jig is up. Yeah, jig is up. It's it's Carmenet at the gas. It's like gas station wine. Wow. That's legacy I learned brand. Listen, legacy brand. I love that. I li- literally, it's like so for y'all who don't know. There's, 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 you know, there's, there's. I call. I don't know what, but there's supermarket wine, and now I've just learned there's gas, gas station, station wine. wine. There's another. That's layer. like whoa, right? If you buy, like, I'll, I'll buy a wine. I bought a bottle of wine been... at the supermarket. I bought a bottle of wine. In the su- I don't buy a lot of wine in the supermarket. <laughs> I bought. I'll buy. I have never bought a bottle of wine at the gas station. Like, what are you doing when you're buying a bottle of wine at the gas station? Like, what? you better check yourself let's, before let's, you wreck yourself. Let's, let's, let's like evaluate some life choices exactly. here. <laughs> um, at least buy beer. Yeah, right? if you're buying on, booze man. at the gas station, buy beer. Yeah, buy a forty, bro. <laughs> right? <laughs> Crying out loud. <laughs> um, so. Um, we're drinking a wine from Rossi Rants. Yeah. Uh, Auditet. Yes. Actually, you know what? Uh, it's so funny. I'm like, I don't want. Do I want? I don't want to end. I don't want to. Should we end it? Should we bury natural wine? I don't know what we were talking about. All right. So we were talking about Phil's organic farming. People noticing yeah. the, the differences. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Um. All right. So here's here. So here's 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 here you come from a family, um, and I mean. You still know more about farming than ninety nine percent of the population, even though you're the, right, the PR, I'm, yeah, I'm you're the PR and sales guy, right? right? Yeah, hustling to Morristown, New Jersey, and right? Things. Yeah, yeah. Um, Great restaurant out there, Morristown, New Jersey. Which one? Jockey Hollow. Okay, I don't think I've been there. Chris Cannon. He was this guy. He was like you know, big shot Manhattan restaurant tour. Yeah, went back home to to Morristown, New Jersey, and is like selling crazy bizarre wines to the the bridge and tunnel like suburban crowd out there never think i'm gonna have to check it out Yeah, go check out jockey hollow um because you know and here's the thing i love this i've been on a anthony bourdain kick just at least on my post on social (laughs) and uh he had his actually you know and i just actually uh listened to 
read slash read uh, Kitchen Confidential, but he's like, I saw a quote, he's like, there's two types of people, uh, people who are from New Jersey and people who lie about it, right? So like, <laughs> so like, like when I hear like, obviously when you're in Jersey, like we're recording in New York City, you want to come to the big right. city, yeah, right? Yeah. But now I live in Jersey. Like, so here's this guy made it in New York City and he went back to Jersey and I think that's it's great. An, I have to check that out. And it's an awesome spot. You'll, yeah. you'll love it. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful um, restaurant. But so yeah, let's, let's get into this, man, because, okay, so um, organic, um, means something biodynamic means something to me yeah i can wikipedia that shit you know i dated chicks who went to waldorf schools (laughs) 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 that had (laughs) that enjoyed their body hair (laughs) i know you i know what you were thinking (laughs) 17 other places we got gone to but yeah um (laughs) sure and I'm talking about legs and arms. <laughs> Get your minds out the gutter. <laughs> um, and I, I really am trying to unpack. I, what the fuck is natural wine? I don't understand. I, I can't. I think I'm reasonably intelligent. I'm, I mean, I, I will tell people I'm a dumbass, but I'm reasonably intelligent. Reasonably intel- I can't wrap my head around natural wine, man. Yeah. And you and like I said, your dad grew up with the guy who helped like, the certifications for organic farming. Yeah. Like, like, they're, like people talk i i don't know listen we're both rule breakers like yeah. you said i i i'm i'm not saying you know but there need to be guardrails and like it just doesn't it doesn't there's i don't understand it there's no standards uh, you know which is in my mind i, I yeah, mean no and i my guess next week is is a big natural wine proponent <laughs> i tell you though yeah so yeah hopefully this doesn't air until that person yeah. gets on no I, what does natural wine mean um what it's come to mean is so far from what I think it was intended to do. Uh, and what it's come to mean more than anything is is just another style of wine. Okay. And, um, you know, this is something that, like, I, I run into sort of occupying this weird space between, you know, big-time mainstream wine world and the natural wine world when, I, like, you know, I'm in New York, that people expect our wine to taste differently because of who we are and how we farm and our, even our winemaking philosophy, which is, you know... Shit tastes are, different to me. Right. Tastes delicious. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, but but what it's come is, to mean is sort of like this, this uh, a style um, where, you know, maybe you do some weird things in fermentation, but, you, you know, the style is not adding sulfur um, and then... Because you don't have sulfur, you think that there's these other, you have to like change your wine chemistry some other way, picking early, using stems, whatever this is. And so it's come to sort of like mean these wines where you've done unconventional winemaking yeah, that's, techniques. That's, that's what I see. Right, like, it's like it's become this stylistic. Like you know, it can't I be knew. over twelve percent alcohol. It's not wine, and it's right. like and 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 it's and you have to do whole cluster, and and and, and you can't inoculate the yeast that has right. to be native. And, and I'm like, but why is that natural? What what boggles my mind about it is the uh, at least my understanding of what it intended to be ten years ago plus was a way of not messing with terroir. Not messing with a sense of place, and but I think so many people do that. It's exactly what when you make a stylistic decision, yeah, you are in changing the expression of that place, and 
so you know our philosophy with our winemaking is how can we not get in the way of what's happening with the fruit what's happening in the vineyard and sometimes that means doing less and sometimes that means doing more uh, and and so I, I I don't uh, pursue a natural wine sort of category for what we do you know in some ways people kind of put us in that in that category sometimes but uh, it's not it's not something that I like actively pursue because um, you know we're gonna do what we need to do in the cellar to make the wine taste as good as it possibly can and and express the place that it was grown and so sometimes, you know, you taste something like, you know what, you know what's going to help this really come to life is a little bit of a new barrel. So we'll use new oak. And sometimes you go, you know what could really help this is uh, a little bit of fining. And that'll, like, soften things to the point where you know what you're getting. So it's, it's like losing the sort of didacticness of winemaking um, where you have to do these things to be in, to do, you know, whether it's the Davis book to the you know tea and like when you add the oak dust or the you know the zero zero to a tea you know those that's great if you're pursuing a style but for what we want to do um I, I like to stay out of the way and and whatever that means whatever sort of decision making that is the lever you pull or don't um in the winery is is where we're going to go with it so I, you know i there's there's great wines in that category. They're fun wines. There's wines that don't get considered in that category, but are that are some of my favorite wines right, on so the that, planet. Right. So that's my fleet. That's right. my thing, right? So like, I just have a problem when you lead with that. Right. Why are you leading with that? Is it because it's a marketing buzzword? You know what I mean? Why are you leading with that? Totally. And same thing with organic and biodynamic. I mean, people in Europe been doing that for years, but they're like, I'm not paying the meter to fucking. So I don't. I can't put on my label, but like. If you, it's an if you know, you know, like that right. shit is like totally. I mean, I, I, um, I'm a big proponent of certification. Yeah. You know, when with, especially when it comes to the farming, that's like somebody has said we were honest with what we did or didn't. I'm not, I'm not against that. I just, I just but understand some people don't, don't, don't do it. Right. To- I, I, I get that. Um, you know, for me, it's the, the wines that, um, you know, Terry Almond, Cornas. Um, where it's the perfect year and they don't add any sulfur because they don't have to because the chemistry is totally perfect and the wine is be great and that's those are great years doesn't mean the other years are any worse it just means that it was a year when the chemistry was right to, to not and those are some of the best wines in the world right it is possible to do it and and not lead with it I think that's I think that's a great point yeah. it's it's about that's the it. leading with it and you just might as well say you know. Uh, this is corporate wine. This is natural wine, and everything else is in the middle. Yeah, you know, right. I, I don't know. And that's yeah. what, I, and that's, so that's all I'm saying. I, and and I, I did an IG live with a a, a natural wine, and the wines were they were they were I was impressed. They were tasty. Right. Um, yeah, there's, there's great wines in the category, but that's what it's become is the stylistic category. Exactly. Right? right. And 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 that's I mean I say it all the time. Drink what you like. Don't don't yeah. don't necessarily read what's in a magazine and feel like you need to drink that. Right. You know. Unless it's you're reading Wine Spectator and it's Cayman Wine yes. and all the other things that were listed in that article, including 1660. Exactly. Drink unless, those wines. <laughs> unless you've heard it about here on this podcast, right. you should drink every wine you've heard about on this podcast. The podcast bump. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're on that topic, I mean, we, we started, um, I think you mentioned this in, when I flubbed the intro. Um, <clears throat> um, I thought, that, first of all, I never realized that you basically 
cold read all those intros. Uh, they they sound totally like uh, at the you know it sounded it sounded like it was canned. It was yeah. like press button yeah. on MJ he nah, play dude. and then we get into the conversation. Dude, I'm a professional. Yeah. Damn. I'm I had no idea. I'm a professional. I'm, I had no bro. idea. <laughs> I mean I had an idea, but I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. You think you know, you didn't know. Yeah. No, I'm I'm you know, thank you for that. Um it's a it's uh we'll talk offline but right. yeah, but it's 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 challenging pulling, pulling doing what we the, do. Pulling back the curtain. Yeah, on yeah. BTS behind yes, the scenes. Behind the scenes. Um so let's talk about Auditet, which I think yeah. um would you say is like the kind of the penultimate of uh kind of phil's career or i mean i don't know yeah, i mean it's in uh, one way and and what right. i would say is this tell people um explain for the people who took french like me who don't i actually know what it means but, I know, but like what the name means <laughs> right. and how the project came together and who was involved yeah it is uh Adutet is uh, of two heads and it should be a uh, trois tet I, I know but, but we didn't know how Foolishly, we didn't know how important Isabel was going to be in the beginning of this project. So, so Auditet uh, is yeah, yeah. is was uh, the brainchild of my father Phil Caturi and Philippe Combi. Um, Philippe Combi um, recently passed away. Rest in peace. Yeah, um, but he's a man who loved life. And yes. he made, he, I mean, like he just wasn't he like a rugby player? Or he was. He was a. He was a apparently great rugby player rugby player but yeah. he left rugby and, and then he said and he became a hedonist right wine and f- i think he <laughs> might have been a hedonist while he was rugby player probably too. uh but he was he was um obsessed with flavor yeah obsessed with flavors enjoyed every flavor and and let that obsession drive his um his professional standards for making wine and if it didn't have all the flavors that he was looking for in the way that he wanted it it didn't live up to his standard um, and you know, he he was, uh, you know, uh, an international winemaker, flying. You know, he had projects all over the world. He's like the Michel Rouland of, of Rhone of, 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 of Grenache. Yeah, totally. they call him. They call him. I, I mean, I've, I don't know. I said it, but I don't know where I, I probably read it somewhere. I, I would love to take credit, but the Godfather of Grenache. Uh, the, I think it was the Grenache was. I, I, was I think it was. Um, uh, there was a little wine writer named Robert Parker who called him the God of Grenache. I don't know if you've heard of him. I don't know who that I, guy. He may have had some influence in this. Listen, um, does he have a Twitter? Does he have an Instagram? Mm, uh, Do you have a TikTok? I uh, no. He no, doesn't exist. <laughs> no, Robert Robert Parker on TikTok would be freaking lit. Um, <laughs> gotta get him on the podcast, <laughs> yeah. man. Uh, he, uh, that's a tough get. All right. I mean, but if anybody, you can do it, MJ. Listen, if there's anybody you can do it, you can. Let's do it. be honest. If right. there's any small podcast <laughs> not sponsored by millions of dollars, I could get Robert Parker. It's you. It's me. Totally. Or you get on the. Tra- I think he's in Baltimore. He get on the train. Go down. Yeah. Soon. I mean, I, I. I think that's probably what you'll have to do. I. I've, I'm just. That's. I took the train from New Haven. I can take right. the train further south. I've done it a million times. Yeah. Sam. Not a million, but I've done it hundreds of times, Sam. I'm I love that train ride here in, in Washington, D.C. I know, because yeah. you were a lobbyist. Yeah, lobbyist. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, so, um, so the combi pro- So my parent, my dad met Philippe in, in Chateauneuf. Uh, they were both speaking on a, at an event there. Um, and they hit it off there. Philippe comes to California, essentially looking for clients um and you know we'd set him up with some some meetings and some tastings and and um this was 2017 and he saw oakville ranch and he saw rossi ranch and he saw the grenache that we were growing there and this wasn't he wanted a client this was he wanted to collaborate and and make wine the way he wanted to make wine from grapes that we grew um and that's awesome so uh starting in in 2018 um you know 
with with Isabel getting these multi-page so and, 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 and just um just because Isabel yeah. Gassier, Gassier who's her father uh, so uh, Michel Gassier uh, uh, Domain Gassier in in Costa Rica. I say that pretty good. You're pretty good. Yeah, right. I, I know what you I, mean. I kind of like uh, listen, mumbled listen, the first I, part. I, I, I can say meme. I don't know how to say the other part. Costieres. Costieres. The meme. Um, and you know, so uh, big winemaking family. They have they have a lot of holdings. Um, some you know, and some of the best wines in that in that part of the world. Um, and she was a protege of of Conby. Philippe. Um, you know, worked with her family her whole life, and she so she grew up with them. And after she got out of college. Um, was you know one an intern for him in in Rhone. Then she came to California, worked for Bedrock, and then um, shout out to Shadrach, uh, Morgan Twain Peterson, Chris Cottrell. Chris, yep, Chris Cottrell. Um, and um, the wine consigliere. <laughs> he uh, uh, you know what we often do at Enterprise Vineyards is let people get vetted by Bedrock, and then we poach them. <laughs> and that's what we did with Isabel. Uh, and and again, I do Ted. The first time we, the first label had, had her name on it, but not as big as the other two names, yeah. and it's now uh, on the same level, the same the same font size. Because as because it doesn't I don't, happen I don't, th- doesn't I don't think Phil speaks French, and I know, I know Philippe did not speak no, much English. No, only only when he needed to like really like drop something on you, he's good. <laughs> he'd go. In fact, the episode we did with I'll just I won't even take the words. Go listen to the episode we did with Adam Lee <laughs> to hear how Philippe would drop English every once in a while. Uh, this wine. It's a very good wine. I don't like it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> basically. And so he would, you know, Philippe would write. It, it's September in the Rhone Valley. He's as busy as ever. So he would write these, you know, these insane protocol for Isabel to execute. Um, you know, try and figure out how to do with the equipment and space and constraints that we have in a you know California winery. It's different than a Chateauneuf winery. Um, and so that was that's Adu Ted is you know. Philippe's very exacting pre-fermentation, during fermentation, post-fermentation. So um, it was it was it was Phil's protocol. protocols in the vineyard. Yep. And then and and then uh because he loved and trusted Phil, knew he wouldn't do that. And then Isabel, and then it was then it's like, here's how you make fucking Grenache from California. Totally. And and it and it um it challenged the California winemakers who who we worked with on this and their wineries because of, you know, uh, there was some presumption of space and equipment use, but also like uh, there's something magical that happens uh, with. So the, the basic protocol is like 10 day cold soak. Uh, primary fermentation includes at least daily delestage for five or six, seven, eight, 10, 12 days, depending on <laughs> the mood that Philippe was in that year. And then once the wine goes dry, it stays on skins um for up to like 40 days the 2018 we pressed in like mid-december and um what happens during that time is these peaks and valleys of tannic reactivity that just like blows if you were a cabernet maker in california and you tasted this the, the autotet in the ta- that tank at a you'd be at the peak of that tannic reactivity you'd be like oh my god this is over extracted we totally fucked this up we got to press it now uh but then you wait and like three, four days, it starts to come down, and like a week later, it gets to this trough, and the wine is like totally soft, and, and tannins are like really interesting and fine, and then it goes back up again, and then it comes back down, and and so every day you're there tasting it, trying to nail the press at the bottom of that trough, 
but you want it to go through the cycle a couple times before it gets there. And that, I mean, just, you know, that knowledge of Grenache that we don't have yet in California um, to really make it uh, reach the potential that, that we believe it can reach. And, and the Adutet is um, our best shot at it so far. Mm -hmm. And so um, how is the project... Um, I mean, I mean, you don't have his input. You can't send yeah. him samples, but you have his protocols. Yeah, we have his protocols. Um, you know, Isabel, uh, Isabel is, is back in France. Um, Shout out to Drops of Jupiter. That shit is so fucking oh, good. That's like one of the Halos to Jupiter. Halos, Halos to Jupiter. Jupiter. Yeah. Drops, Drops of Jupiter. Jupiter sorry, train Not, I know that's a train right. song, and they have uh, a wine by the same name, Halos, Halos to Jupiter, Jupiter, which mm. uh, unfortunately. Is a total wine exclusive. Oh really? I know. At least here it is. I uh, bought a bottle. Yeah. So it's so good. Oh my uh, god! That's that's the combi is uh, yeah. That's the combi wine. Yeah. So you know, I Isabel is adapting the protocol based on the chemistry of the samples that we're bringing in and what the wine's looking like. Is she so traveling back and forth? Or? She's, she's traveling back and forth. She'll be, um, you know, as we record this, she'll be uh, back in California in a week or two. I mean, you know, first priority is obviously what's going on. You know, of on course, her, her oh, own property, yeah. but she'll be here for you know to to monitor those peaks and valleys as it's as it's doing fermentation um and then be back for back for blending um you know later in the year so she's definitely you know uh, as integral and more so than ever um so we're gonna keep the same we're names we're on label at the same time we're gonna keep it going you know we're, yeah. gonna, we're gonna keep it going and awesome. and you know paying our homage to to philippe every time we do it yeah yeah, yeah. right on man right on um and by the way, this wine is stupid. It's a 2018. <laughs> you wished you could have some. And, you know, in the show notes, we'll put you need to get on their mailing list. Um, I don't care. I'm going to tell you, like, you need to send me some mags or some shit, bro. <laughs> we got mags of this. I know. You need uh, to send me some. Well, we're going to have a little MJ mag party. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Um, and so let's let's switch gears. So, like, so um, you're a journalism, poli-sci we talked uh, in the before the poor. Maybe I'll let you guys hear that um, about what you would do, which would be a writer. So, uh, whose idea was it to do the winemakers pod? You know, I'm gonna give credit to to John Myers on that. We um, John Myers is this like Sonoma guy, uh, Chicago guy originally, Chicago ad guy, retired to Sonoma and had a you know a little public access. And he has a great radio voice. Totally. Well, he was like um, he did. Uh, like trackside announcing for ESPN radio, like American Le Mans, like Le Mans races, and, mm -hmm. and you know he was you know, radio ads. He's done a lot. Prolific, uh, prolific talker prolific and speaker, talker yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and he had this little radio show on our on our public access radio station in Sonoma, a little community radio station, the uh, through the vines, through the something like that. And um, Brian Casey, who was then the man GM at Girl in the Fig, John would go to the Girl in the Fig. You know, shout out to to Sandra and John. You know, shout out to Sandra and John Sonoma and Brian and Brian and and John would go to there. He'd he'd sit at the bar. Brian would pour him wine and and feed him uh, guests for the radio show. And so I would go on. Bart would go on. Um, you know, the the other host would would be out for a while. Bart and I would you know co-host with him. But we could never kind of like get the radio station to figure out that hey, this is good content. Turn it into a podcast, mm -hmm. and and we had this podcast host or podcast network that uh, John had connections to back in Chicago. So uh, you know, starting about 2017, 
um, you know, April, May 2017, we sat down in a room with a couple of microphones and recorded the first episode, and now we're at... Uh, 248, 248. Damn, y'all been at it for like a minute, man. 2017. We're, you know, yeah. Almost weekly for, for five years now. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's fun. It's, it's, and, you know, and, and, like, no joke about it. It's one of the best things I ever did for the business, marketing wise. People come in every every day going, hey, we listen to the podcast. This is why we're here. Um, you know, we went to three other places, guests that you had on. We're going to go see, we're going to go meet Bart at Sonoma's Best. And, you know, and it's like, um, such a, it's been such a great way to connect with people all over the country. We're you know wine lovers. If you sit down and listen to a wine podcast, um, you know you're the kind of person that <laughs> we want to hang out at the tasting house and and talk story with. So yeah, and so <clears throat> that's awesome. And so obviously, if you guys have listened this far, <laughs> <laughs> you've made it this far. You get a discount on Dane Sellers, one percent off. Just mention MJ when yes, you check out. Yes. You get one percent off Dane Sellers Amphora. Right, twenty 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 two M4H Sorry, Mark. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so um, we're about to finish up here, man. This is so much fun. Obviously, I could talk this to you forever. Uh, I wish we could connect all in the week. Yeah, exceeded expectations. I'll <laughs> uh, see you next week. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm actually thinking about. I'm like, I'm like, can I pull off getting out there? I might be able to pull off getting out there. Okay. Might have to take a 15 hour fucking flight right. on the way home. You're gonna go to Boston, then you're gonna yeah, go exactly, yeah, yeah. But Atlanta but like Atlanta and then New York. I'll, I'll tell you what's gonna have to happen. Someone's gonna have to pick me up. Someone's gonna have to drop me off at the airport. But other than that, all right. Uh, I know you got the spot to stay. So. Um, so you were, uh, yeah, you guys are at uh, hospice, duh. Yeah, yeah. And and listen, people, I post Grenache, people are like, you know, I don't know what Camden, oh my God, that wine is so high in alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's Grenache, Grenache. Have, have I, one sip less. Yeah, I mean. Your I, yeah. 14% just became 11 and a half, right? Yeah, I mean, but even that, like, I mean, I love the thing Philippe said when, when on the release, he's like, you have to understand, Grenache, you go to pick, like, when you go in, you want to start picking when it's fourteen five or so because if you don't get it down, it's going to be at eighteen like within hours, right? That's right. just the way the nature of the grape. Um, but you were at Hospice de Row, which was great to be back. It was my first time, but it was amazing to go for that. Uh, I don't know if you listen to any. I don't know if you listen to any of the podcasts I did or the clips. You don't have to, but anyway. So now it's your turn for FMK. FMK. Fuck murder kill. Okay. Grenache. Movedra. Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Yeah, kill. fuck Mary Kill, yeah. Okay. Fuck Mary Kill. Grenache. Syrah. And I'm gonna mess with you on this one. I'm not even gonna say Movedra. Now I'm gonna fuck you up. Zinfandel. Oof. Yeah, exactly. I knew that would be tougher. Because <laughs> Moved, I mean, as much as I love Moved, Moved, like I know you like, yeah, kill kill like so who you no, fucking, who you marrying? I would have fucked Moved every time. Oh. <laughs> No question. No question. Uh Ved's spicy, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that I'm surprising myself by. I, I love Syrah. I I'm all about Syrah. I love I think our Syrah is, you know, is one of my favorite wines that we make. Um but I'm gonna kill Syrah. Okay. I'm gonna kill Syrah. I think that um Syrah can get in the way of Grenache. Uh, and Rones and appreciation of Rones, especially uh, I agree. And there's so much shitty Syrah. Yeah, there. because it, and it's that so nod to Shiraz. I mean, that, all that yeah. kind of like like 
Yeah. It gets it gets so overcropped yep. and, and just is like so let's 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 get rid of Grenache or Zinfandel. I'm gonna marry Zinfandel because that'll you know it's like the political thing to do. Everybody in the family would be happy. It's like yeah. And, yeah. and then and then I'm gonna sneak off the next you day with a bottle of Grenache. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, and the last question. Sam, what are you most excited for for the future of of sixteen hundred and Auditet? What are you most excited? Or just fuck that. What are you most excited for in the future? Is your daughter growing up, and what are you most excited for? Yeah, you know, um, I I, I don't want to be like pushing the family business on my kid at all. Um, Who's adorable, she, and she's she, pretty business savvy. She, she's <laughs> fucking, but she and she loves wine. She loves to taste every bottle, every every glass of wine. That, you know. She's Don't call these if it's just a pinky in the yeah, glass, the pinky, people. Relax. Pinky in the glass. Yeah, I'm just for, you know, for yeah, that. The, let me just the, the first time that she tasted wine was her first Thanksgiving. She was born in February, so it's November. She's ten months old, eight months old, and I, I was a, a beautiful bottle of Chateauneuf that I brought down to my my in laws' house in, in in Los Angeles, and I was like, all right, this is, stick my finger and put it in her mouth. She's and. She loved it. Eyes light up. Just the biggest smile. She was all about it. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot to videotape it. So I, I take my phone out, dip my finger in, and again she goes, yeah, that's shot enough to pop. There was like no reaction. What's next? Come on. You're gonna blind me on some shit, Dad. What are you doing? Come on. But so I'm. What am I? Six months old? I'm ten. Come on, Dad. What are you thinking here? So yeah, I'm totally excited to see if if we can keep this family thing going well you know it's it's inherently a multi-generational mm-hmm. uh, pursuit and you know see what what's next what lies ahead uh, you know again not like and if she wants to go and um you know be an artist cool and if she wants to go and save the world and like solve climate change please. cool That's just a don't be a lobbyist just for the mining industry for the mining industry <laughs> jesus no suits <laughs> Oh my God! So much fun, Sam. Fuck! I didn't. I mean, it did exceed. You never know. I never know when I do this. Right. I mean, I could. I could have been. A, I could have been a dud. No, you weren't going to be a dud. <laughs> but I know there'd be this much fun. I'm sure uh, you were like, damn, just some anti-question. We can talk about wine. We're talking about. Yeah, this was. This was. This was everything I wanted to talk about, and probably more. Awesome. So, um, <laughs> take people. Tell take people. Tell people. Yeah. Where they can find you, how they can be a part of what you're doing, everything you're doing. Totally. Well, I mean, you know, if you can make it out, if you can come see us in Sonoma at the Tasting House, that's the that's the first way. That's I love it's a way. Tasting House and not a it's Tasting not, it's Room. It's not a Tasting Room. No, it's yeah. a, you come in. And I got a living room. I got a uh, you know where the kitchen was no longer, but dining room. There's a couple little like places to hang out and sit. There's a wine cellar. Um, you know, I, I I believe strongly that we mess up with the tasting rooms the the tasting room setup because it changes the perception and experience of the wine you get home and it doesn't taste good anymore mm-hmm. you're like well it's because they were in this like contrived experience mm-hmm. that made the wine taste good i like to try and just you know do you drink wine at home with your friends that's what it should be like yeah. uh, so that's the tasting house you can follow us um you know 16600 the 16 the word 600 the number on on instagram and and twitter i'm grapes with a view uh, we just launched a new website, winery16600.com. Go check that out. Uh, if you're in New York, uh, you know, in the New York area, go to a wine shop and be like, hey, how come you don't have 16600 yet? Call your Field Blend field blend uh, Selections representative. Like, let me get that Zinfandel. Um, <laughs> or the Grenache. Dose the Zinfandel is good. That's all uh, good. Yeah. And, and, um, and then the podcast, Winemakers Pod. Go check that out. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, winemakerspod.com. 
Um, tell us what you think. Send us a send us a message. You're like, yeah, you guys are way more off the rails than than MJ. I'm going back to the black wine guy experience. No, nah, even like <laughs> like MJ sucks. Um, and for my listeners, thank you so much. Don't forget to check out the show notes for each episode. That's where you'll find the info on the wine we drank in the, in this episode. Links to cool things we discussed, like all their socials and everything, and uh, so much more. So until the next time, cheers to the Mavericks. Check. Philosophers. Check. Deep thinkers. Check. And wine drinkers. It's your boy, MJ. Peace. Peace. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. You had some fun while you were here. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list.